Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. Well, when you come down to the end of your life, oh, that's a cheery way to start the sermon, right? <laughs> when you come down to the end of your life and, and you're looking back and thinking about it and looking forward, realizing you're, you're getting very close to going to be with the Lord, or maybe life comes to, a, to an end, Do you want to have this assurance that your life, that you, please the Lord? That the Lord was pleased with you? Now, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, you know, you received Him, your sins are forgiven, you have eternal life. There's no question about getting to heaven, the end of your life, and being accepted by the Lord, and being loved by the Lord. Right? I mean, we know that. That's a fact, right? But pleasing him is a different kind of thing. I mean, I know for me, with my kids, my own kids, uh, there's, I always love them. Right? I always accept them. I'm not always happy with them. But there's times when I am just pleased. You who are parents, do you understand what I'm saying? You who aren't parents yet, you know what I'm talking about too, right? Because you like it when mom or dad are pleased. That's, that's what we want. And so we want our lives to be pleasing to God. Well, the only way that can be a reality at the end of our lives is if we choose today and tomorrow and the next day to live in a way that pleases God. God. Well, what stands in the way of that? Think about it in your own life. What stands in the way of you pleasing God? My guess is there's probably one, two, three things that kind of pop up and say, oh, yeah, that area of my life, I kind of, I don't know that I'm pleasing God there. And, and there's always, there's always competition. There's always counterfeits offered to us that, you know, this is going to please you. And really, that's, that is the way we, we tend to see it. Wow, you know, okay, yeah, I can please myself or I can please God. And we, we see these choices. But I'm, I want to tell you, that's a lie. It's a counterfeit. It's not true. It's the wrong way of looking at things. Because what I want to say to you today is this, is that when you live a life that pleases God, you will be pleased too. It will bring you Pleasure, Not necessarily ease, not necessarily a life with no conflict, not necessarily that, but a deep, heartfelt sense that not only is God pleased, but you are pleased. And so, obviously, if we find ourselves with a choice of having that choice of pleasing God or pleasing myself, I, okay, last week, what did we say? What are we going to do? What was our conclusion last week? We all came, a bunch of us came forward and, and uh, said, this is what we want. What is it? Put Jesus first. Okay, so if I got to choose between pleasing me, pleasing God, choose to please Jesus, all right? But what I'm trying to say to you today is I think when we understand how to please God, we're going to discover that isn't really a choice we need to make. 
We'll be believing the truth, and it'll make a world of difference in our lives. Well, last week we did, we started this sermon series, uh, Let God Rock Your World. We want him to turn our world upside down. We want him to make our life uh, everything that it was intended to be, everything that really deep down inside we want it to be. And, and so we said it starts with putting Jesus first. You got to put Jesus first. And remember we said we can't do that on our own. We have to just, we have to get ourselves on the rails and let him put the power into it. So we, it is a life of dependency on God. It's Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm making a decision here to put you first and then help me to walk this out and live this out, you know. I need you to work in my life for that to be a reality. Will he answer that prayer? If you say, I want to put you first, enable me to do it, will he, will he answer that prayer? He absolutely will. And that brings us to what we need to look at today. The second thing, this whole idea of pleasing God and how do we do it. So let's consider a passage of scripture. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six. Uh, probably most of you are familiar with this, but it says, and by the way, we're gonna, this is on the screen up there. You can look it up if you want. We're gonna be looking at another passage in a little bit. But it says this, but without faith, it is what? What's the next word? But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Wow, we just stopped there, right? We're talking about wanting our lives to be pleasing to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And, and so you know, he's not talking here just about how we get saved. <laughs> well, okay, I trust that Christ is Savior. I have faith, all right, he's pleased. Well, that's one place, that's the starting point. But you've got a whole life that you need to please him with. Which is why the Bible says that those who are saved should live by faith, right? We live by faith, not by sight. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then it says, to, says, says this, it says, For he who comes to God must believe that he is. All right? Obviously, you can't come to God if you don't believe that he exists. All right? You need to believe that he is, that he's who he says he is. He's God. And so you come to him believing that he is, and then secondly, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, it will be worth it to seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so this idea of coming to God, believing that he is, this idea of diligently seeking him, somehow or other are tied up with faith and pleasing him. How are we going to please God? Well, according to this scripture, we need what? There you go. I mean, I know it was a big snowstorm yesterday, but. Um, all right. And so when we think about this idea of putting our faith in God, there's, there's three ideas here. And one of them is really, you know, God focused and the other two are really about us. And so the first one is this idea of, of uh, pleasing him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So when we do have faith and we, we put our faith in God and we live that way, God is pleased. Good news. And then the reality is when we put our faith in God, 
God becomes more real to us. Right? Because if you're going to come to God, you must believe that he is. And when you put your faith in him and you say, I do believe that he's real, I do believe he exists, what you discover is that he really is real. You know, and the things he says really are true. And it really does work. You can live this life. He becomes more real to you. I mean, when does God seem more real to you? And just think about your own experience. When everything's been going great, you're on a roll. Yeah, he's good, he's real, this is cool. Or when all of a sudden there's a huge problem in your life, something maybe you didn't even ask for, and you didn't know how to deal with it, and you cried out to God, and, you, you, and at some point along the way, he works in your life in a way that you say, wow, I know he's real. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, those are the times that we tend to do that. But so the idea is this. If we will make the decision to walk by faith, God will become more real to us. And then the second thing is this. You will experience his rewards. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of rewards, depending on if you grew up in Sunday school, you might think of rewards as crowns you're going to get in heaven, and the Bible does talk about rewards in that way in the future. Uh, if, if you're listening to the wrong TV uh, channel, wrong TV preacher, you're going to think that God's going to give you ten times as much money as you give away. Uh, a new car and a big house. And, I mean, and God does sometimes work in people's lives and do those things. That's, that's fine. But what we're trying to say is that God will reward you. He will work in your life in a way that will be a blessing to you. In a way that will be encouraging to you. In a way that will make your life seem significant. And seem secure. God will do these things. But it's not going to happen if you aren't living by faith. Because the impossible comes before all three of those things, doesn't it? Remember the verse? But without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible to please God. It's impossible for him to see more real in your life. It's impossible to experience his rewards and blessings without faith. And so, if you want God to rock your world, and I guess you've got to settle that. You've know, you got to say, do I really want what God wants in my life? <laughs> If you settle that in your heart, yeah, I do want God to rock my world, you put Jesus first, and then second thing you have to do is you have to learn, you have to learn to live by faith, and that'll rock your world. I guarantee you that it will. And today what we want to do is we want to look at a story in the Bible that tells us how we do that, because see, that's the next question, right? <laughs> okay, live by faith. All right, uh, how do I do that? How many of you have ever gone to church, and it's okay to say, it's okay to answer this question. How many of you have ever gone to church and, and heard a sermon or a lesson or you talked to somebody and they said this, this, and this, and you go, yeah, that's right, and then it's, you're left without a clue about what to do. Rarely, but occasionally it's happened to me when I've preached. I usually try not to be there, but sometimes that happens. But it's a really cool story in the Bible. It's a true story. Um, and it just captures a very 
down-to-earth, practical understanding of how we learn to live by faith, how we live by faith, okay? And what I want to do with you, before we actually turn to the passage, is, is about a, just under a two-minute video I'd like to show of uh, uh, acting this out, okay? And, and you'll get a sense of what it's really about. I don't know if, if you guys can knock the lights down up there a little bit or however you want to do that, but let's, let's watch the video. It's about two minutes long. I think I'd rock your world. Learning to live by faith. Let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. It's page 1129 in the Bible that's in the pew there. So if you don't have your own Bible with you today, take one out of the pew there, page 1129. And we're going to begin in verse number 22. Chapter, did I say chapter 11? It should be chapter 14. Whatever I said. It's chapter 14. Verse number 22. So Jesus had just fed the 5,000. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat, the one that the disciples were in, was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, and I know in our video, uh, we couldn't, it didn't portray it quite that way. I think there was probably a lot bigger waves and a lot more wind. Verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, this was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. You know, in the early part, of that, that's a dark time of night, isn't it? So, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Sometimes I wonder, why do they think it was a ghost? And it hits me, I guess, had they seen a few strange things going around with Jesus? Had they seen any people possessed with demons and crazy things in God, Jesus, you know? So hey, they'd seen lots of stuff. And so they seen this, it's a ghost because obviously people don't walk on water, right? They cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Interesting to note that the Greek language is, it says, it is I. It's, it's really very literally just says, I am. Okay? That sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? And Jesus trying to identify, I, I, am, I am Jesus. You know me. I am, okay? Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Let's just stop there for a minute. Was Peter a man of what we would consider great faith? Eh, I'm not sure, right? Along the way, we know that Jesus at one point has to tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. You, 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 you love the things of the world, not the things of God. Peter's the one uh, whose mouth would get him into trouble. His vocabulary wasn't always real Christian. He was a fisherman. And, and not if you're here a fisherman today, that means your vocabulary isn't Christian. But I think you understand what I'm trying to say here. And this comes out because later, when he's confronted by a servant girl in the courtyard when Jesus is on trial, do you know Jesus? He says, he said no, and he said no with cursing. And so this is Peter. Peter is not like great faith, although God uses him mightily. But Peter figured something out here. And you and I need to figure it out and get this. Verse 28, and Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it is you. That makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? If it is you, if it's you, Jesus, then everything else begins to make sense. Makes sense in the sense that I can do this. So, so he says, okay, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, we don't know how, how far away Jesus was, but I'm sure he was far enough away that they still weren't quite sure he was him when they looked at him in this dark night. And so Peter gets out and he actually walks on the water. You know, sometimes we focus on, and understandably so, but we focus on the fact that he started to sink, right? Uh, but that wasn't when he first got out of the boat. First got out of the boat, he walked toward Jesus. He's walking on the water. Now, like I said, people can't walk on the water, can they? Unless God tells them to. And so this is Peter saying, if it's really you, you know, we can figure out if it's really you or not. You tell me to come. And so what we want, when we're thinking about pleasing God, we need to understand that the one who's telling us what to do, it really matters who he is and what you believe about him. He's God. 
He knows perfectly from beginning to end. So he walks on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And so obviously, rather than having his focus on it's you, Jesus, and, and you're the one who's telling me to come, now his focus has become on his circumstances. Hey, does that sound a lot like life? Right? We know what God says, and we say, oh, guess what I'm going to do? And we start doing it, and then all of a sudden we look at the circumstances and we become fearful, and then next you know we're backpedaling or trying to hedge our bets or whatever. And that's what Peter did. And when he wasn't focusing on who this is out here and what he's told me to do, he begins to sink. Right? Because it's only as you, you know who's talking to you and he's the one who told you and you're, you're focused on that that you can do what he says. Because you start focusing on anything else that's going to pull you away from that. So he says, cries out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. So what I want you to see here is that, that Peter had to make it out close enough to Jesus for Jesus to reach out and catch him. Because I know Jesus is God and can do miracles, but he did not all of a sudden develop an inspector gadget arm. Right? <laughs> Peter's going down. Jesus is able just to grab him. And now it doesn't say it here. Let's finish reading, okay. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him. And I saw a number of videos trying to portray this. And I really like the attitude here of Jesus in this one. He says, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? This isn't a, whoa, you little faith. No, it's, oh, come on, Peter. By the way, it doesn't take a lot of faith. But why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped and saying, truly, you are the son of God. So Peter's act of faith enabled all of them to believe more, to see who Jesus was better. And if you learn to live by faith, people will see God in you. They will start to understand that he is who he really says he is. And they, they can be drawn to him as well. But so my thought here, when we talk about how far did, G, to, did Peter make it on the water, like I said, I think he made it almost all the way out to Jesus. And then I got to believe, I, and I do believe, that he walked back to the boat with Jesus. The reason is because I just have a hard time envisioning, you know, Jesus holding him in the water, saying, right, over the boat. Could have happened that way, but I don't think so. I think once the Lord caught his hand and said, okay, come on. By the way, that's good news for you and I because as we learn to live by faith and we take steps of faith and we start to do that, we may struggle, right? We may see the circumstances around us and we may start to sink, but if we've been out there by faith with Jesus, what's he going to do? He's going to grab us and, and pull us up and enable us to finish what he's called us to do. But what I see here in this passage when it comes down to how we live by faith, we can learn some lessons from Peter here. And what I want you to see is there are two words for you to remember. Those two words are know and do. Can you guys remember those words? Know and do. Say it with me. Know and do. 
That's how we live by faith. We know and we do. But let's, let's get a little more specific about that. All right? So what is it that we need to know? If you're going to live by faith, you need to know what God says. Because living by faith about anything else is crazy. <laughs> you need to know what God says. And so how do we know what God says? That's where we start every time, okay? And that's what we keep coming back to, the Word of God. This is what God has said. And when we understand it, understand it in context, understand it properly, we start to see, okay, God says this. He says, I should be doing this, and I should be doing this, and I ought not to be doing this, and I ought not to be doing that. And he says, I ought to do these things this way and for these reasons. And, and how many of you got it all nailed down? No, none of us do. I don't, by a long shot. But I know a lot. I've been working on this for almost 40 years. I know a lot. But God still shows me things. He still shows me things in his word. There's always something else to learn from his word. But so the idea is this. We get in here and we find out, what does God say? Okay, God says, do this. And I'm not doing this right now. Okay? But I, I know what God says, and I know God's the one who said it. See, that's what Peter did, right? He says, if it's you, if this is really you, you, you tell me. Have you ever found yourself in your Christian life thinking, wow, I'm thinking I ought to do this, but wait a minute, how do I know if this is God or if it's me? Anybody ever thought that? All right. Well, why don't you do what Peter does? Hey, God, if this is really you... Just say it. Make it clear. I'm thinking this is what you're showing me to do. Is it? And then you seek him and you ask him. And, and, and he can, uh, through a friend or through a sermon or a book that you read or even just an overwhelming sense of clarity, he can say, yeah, this is me. Come. Step out of the boat. Come on. But you've got to know what God says. That's at the starting point. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, talking about how the gospel comes to people and what it does for them, it says that the faith comes by hearing the word. Hearing what God says, the me what's God saying, that can enable you to believe and have faith. And the second word is this, is do, but then you do what God says. You know what God says, and then you do what God says. That's faith. This is the elements of faith. Well, that doesn't sound so big and spiritual, does it? I mean, when I was a kid, and I, I told this story, I don't know when, a number of years back, but when I was a kid, probably, boy, how old must I have been? Eight or nine years old, eight years old. And I was going to church, and a uh, church that wasn't real strong on preaching the Bible and everything, but you still got Bible lessons, and somehow I got the idea that if you have faith, that God will answer your prayers. And so I asked God for a bicycle. Anything wrong with asking God for a bicycle? No. Uh, but what happened is I had this idea, okay, faith. So I prayed, and no bicycle. Okay, I must not have had enough faith. Okay, 
God, would you give me a bicycle? Time goes by, no bicycle. Must not have had enough faith, right? God, uh, give me a bicycle. I'm sounding like a Moses in TV. I don't know what you're saying, but what I'm trying to say is I had this sense of, I'm trying to somehow rather well up faith in me. Do you know what I mean? How, how do you do that? Well, you don't. Because where did the power come from for Peter to walk on the water? Did Peter will it up within himself? No, he didn't. He knew what Jesus had said, and then he did what Jesus said, and that means he believed. He knew, and he did. Do you think he was maybe a little anxious when he stepped out of the boat? Do you think he wondered how this was going to work? Yeah, who knows, right? It would be normal. (laughs) But he knew what God said, and then he made the decision to do what God said. Now, how simple is this faith then? Next question, how easy is it? Oh, that's a different question, isn't it? It's simple, but it's not always easy because, uh, like I said, there are all these other things that come in the mix. We see Peter beginning to look at the circumstances. We have all the circumstances surrounding us. And, And if we keep looking at those things instead of at God, we will never Do what God says. We have to settle it in our minds like Peter. Okay, I'm going to know. I want to know what you say, God, because you show me what you say. I will do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know all the details. I don't know how it's going to all work out, but I I need to do it. Um, Generally speaking, I don't consider myself to be a worrier. But I proved myself wrong on Somewhat of a regular basis. (laughs) But generally, I don't think I'm a worrier. But um, I I realized over the years that my tendency, see, I'm I'm an analytical kind of guy. God has, you know, made me a teacher, which you analyze, and you, you know, try to understand how everything fits together, and you make sure you're saying it this way because of this and this and this, and, and it all comes together. And so when it comes time to make decisions about where we're going, either in my own life or in my family's life or in the life of the church, and somewhere down there, my tendency is to feel like, okay, all right, I got to know everything to get there. I gotta know how this is gonna work in this, and what if this happens, what are we gonna do, and if that happens, what are we gonna do, da da da. And, and all that's great, right? That's, that's good thinking ahead and planning and all that kind of stuff. But what I found myself in, in, in numerous arenas of life, is when I couldn't have it all figured out, I wouldn't act. Is there anybody else like me? Anybody? Good, I'm not the only whatever we want to describe it, person. (laughs) But see, this is where faith comes in, doesn't it? Because sometimes I have a sense that God is saying, go there, right? Okay, so I, okay, I got to know what he's saying, how to do that. But, But really what he says is sometimes it's, no, 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 Walt, look, look. Just put your first foot out of the boat. 
You see what I'm saying? Sometimes when you're thinking, I need to take a step of faith. Okay, let's just talk about it in the area of finances. And, and lots of times our finances get to be messes in our lives because we bought into what the world tells us it's supposed to be about and how it's supposed to work. And we made bad decisions and we get debt and, and then we lose a job or our jobs. And it just gets such a mess. And, and the reality is, is we haven't been doing what God says with our finances. And so we get in his word and we, we look in his word and he says, uh, some things about this that, that we need to, if we're in debt, try to get out of debt and stay out of debt. And, and he says, you really should be giving to me first, okay? And then he says, your money is to be used to meet your needs and serve me. All kinds of things, right? And so we find ourselves faced with those decisions, but we say, but, okay, God says this, but how is this going to work? What am I going to have to do here? I can't even see how I get. And so what do we do? We stay in the boat. And what I want you to see is Peter didn't know everything that was going to happen between him and Jesus. He didn't know how this was all going to work. He just said, if it's you and you, you want to come, tell me to come. Jesus says, come. And I'm just amazed that Peter got out of the boat. <laughs> you think of it, Right? How about the other 11? Uh, I think it's a good idea if you get out of the boat, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the idea is what we have to do is we have to settle in our hearts. Okay, I, I, God, I want to know what you have to say. Know what God says. It's going to be from his word, and then the longer you walk with him, then the more you know his word, the better you know it, the more faith you've been in, in your life, then he can also start to lead you into some specific areas of your life. Like, wow, I, I want you to move from here to there. You know, and you'll be able to see that clearly. I, I, I want you to um, commit your life to being a missionary to go tell people places about the Lord. I mean, you can start to get those kinds of understandings of what God has to say to you as well. But then when you know what God says, and you know it's God that said it, living by faith means you do what he says. I mean, it sounds too simple, doesn't it? Because faith seems kind of what? Ooh, mystical thing, spiritual thing. And it is a spiritual thing. But the reality is it, we walk by faith, we live by faith when we, we find out and know what God says and then trusting him, we just do it. We do it. And this could be not only in finances, it could be in, in relationships that you are in, that you know, you, know, you single folks, you're in relationships and you're realizing this relationship isn't really honoring to God. God says this, but our relationship is this. And, and so this has to change. And if it can't change, then the relationship has to end. And by faith, you get out of the boat and you say, okay, God, I'm gonna do what you say. It could be in your relationship with your parents, young people. Listen, in your relationship with your parents, sometimes you look at them and say, what they're telling me is crazy. I, 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 it doesn't make sense. They're going to ruin my life. It's going to be the most boring life anybody's ever lived if I live like my mom and dad are telling me to live. And you look in the Word of God, and the, the Word says that you need to obey your parents and, and do so in a way that honors them. 
Hmm. I guess I got to get out of the boat, right? And do that. And when you do this, what's going to happen? God is going to become more real to you than he's ever been before. And he will bless you. He will work in your life and make a huge difference in your life. And you're not the first one to have to do this. Abraham did it, remember? Abraham takes his only son Isaac. God tells him, go sacrifice him. Abraham sets out to do it. He got out of the boat and he began walking. And he was going to do it, but God stopped him. Moses has a choice to make. Am I going to live the easy life here as Pharaoh's son or am I going to take a stand with my people? Now, Moses kind of messed up on how he did that, but he got out of the boat. And then that enabled later on when he's standing in front of the Red Sea, right? They've come out of Egypt and, and here comes the, the Egyptian armies after them and here's the, the sea in front of them and there's nowhere to go. And okay, right? By faith. And then they kept going because God opened the sea. King David, before he was king, faces Goliath in the, in the, the you know, out there and, and with a sling and this giant and hey, God has said that this isn't right. And he's put it in my heart to stand up and say so. All right, here we go. All right, down comes the giant. We go on and on. You read Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, by faith, they, here's what you're going to find. Every place in Hebrews chapter 11, when it talks about this, it's by faith this person did by faith, this person did. Because they knew what God says, and then they did it. Knowing and doing what God says. This is what my wife and I had to do way back when uh, we first got married, and I'm working at General Mills, and I've, I've had this nagging thing about the ministry, and I don't mean that the ministry's a nagging thing, I mean a nagging sense about, you know, maybe God wants me in the ministry. I was working part-time in the church and working at General Mills, and we are trying to figure out our first year of marriage. And, and, and so, God, what do you want? What do you really want? And then through, really, uh, what I see as, as a miraculous working of God, he, he made it clear that he did not want me to go in the other direction. And then over the next couple of months, he made it very clear he wanted me to go in the ministry. But so we picked up and moved. Picked up and moved, went away to school. And then when it came time to move up here, we didn't have money to move up here. Somebody had to send us money to move up here. It's, and it was no great thing. But what I'm trying to say to you is that God made it clear what he wanted us to do. And then we got out of the boat. We, we took that step. Dave and Deb, years ago, God works in their hearts and makes it clear that he wants them to, to serve with word of life. And that means giving up the income and having to begin to try to raise income and live by faith. And, and they conclude this is what God says. And they got out of the boat. You guys remember it, I'm sure. Clear as day. But what it did, what the decisions we made and decisions they made, that enables me today to say, God will do what he says he'll do. And, and the reality is this, is that every time you get out of the boat, 
in some sense, it starts to get easier. The circumstances don't get easier, but I've been here before. I know God will do it. And so the challenge for you today is this. Right now, I want you just, just to think about your life for a little bit. In fact, why don't you, I'm not going to ask for a big response, but I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes so you can think about this without being too distracted. Think about your life. And I want you to think right now, what is it that if, if maybe you already have a nagging sense about it or even don't, but what area of your life, if God were to say, okay, this is what I'm saying to you, what area of your life would that feel to you like, man, I gotta, if, if that's true, then I got to get out of the boat? And that's a scary place to be. I don't know if I want to go there. Where, what is that in your life? All right, you can open your eyes and look up. Here's the challenge for you. You need to take the first step, whatever that is, in that area of your life. And to put that first foot out of the boat. You need to. Because the only way you're going to live a life that pleases him. The only way you're going to experience God being more real in your life. The only way you're going to experience the reward and blessings of God in your life. Is if that area of life where he's making clear to you. This is what you need to do. You got to do it. You don't have to figure it all out. You just got to take that first step. And, and I promise you, if you begin to live by faith, God will rock your world. And if, if I live by faith today and you live by faith today and we all begin living by faith today, what is there that God cannot do through Life Source Church? Right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we are able to make decisions to trust you and believe you. I pray that you would help us to, to see very clearly that area in our lives where we need to get out of the boat because it's clear to us you've told us to. That we would make decisions here, Father, that will enable us to learn to live by faith, to really live by faith. God, we want to put ourselves in places following your leadership where if you don't come through, we're in a world of hurt because we know you'll come through. So work in me in this area, Father. Work in each of the people here today. Work in the, the hearts and minds of those who are listening to this online. Lord, we would become a people who walk, live, by faith and please you because of it. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.